Hello and welcome to the Euphoria Podcast. We are broadcasting to you. I was going to say live. We're broadcasting to you pre-recorded. What is that? We're broadcasting to you live. We're coming at you live from the uh, the LEC studio. In Berlin. (laughs) One man. (laughs) Tickets are still just $5. No, you don't. You probably never had that. This is gonna be a wild one. Yeah, I can tell it's it's loose. I've lost the ability to click. I think I've crashed the window that my script. You've lost the ability to click. I can't click in the window that the script is, so I can't make the adjustment that I was gonna make. So it's doomed. (laughs) Which means that uh, this is a good time to tell you that um, just so everybody knows, originally we were supposed to have Mickey X for the entire episode of the show, and our goal in general is to bring players on in person. Mm -hmm. But of course. covid precautions or covid cautions depending on what's going to happen have limited us a little bit so we will get mickey dialed in later to talk a little bit about the new life on excel and kind of everything that's been happening obviously a bit of an odd situation if you haven't followed mickey um picked up in week two replacing advian we've seen we've had a one one week we're going to talk to him about it we're going to see there's been some mixed reporting very sad that advian left very cool that mickey joined excel but yeah. also like not everybody was on board. There's a little bit of drama there that we're going to get into. you want to know what I think's cursed before we talk to Mickey? So, hear me out. His <laughs> first game he joined, right? Yeah, yeah. He played Galio. He went uh-huh. 0-7-7. Okay, bear okay. with me. And then in his second game, he played, he went 0-0-7. The only score lines he's had is zeros or sevens. And they always finish seventh place. And I feel like that's a curse. And he also got his MVP on Lulu. So, props to Mickey. I don't know how he pulled that off. But MVP on Lulu. Hey, we take those. But yeah, he's 007 or 077, so that's kind of scary. That's kind of scary. Look, we're going to keep our eyes on it. You bet that they'd make playoffs. I bet that they didn't. And this is very... Um, the tensions, stakes are high right now here in the old Euphoria podcast. Oh I my God. don't want to dress Dracos, up in an Excel costume. The game times were 35 minutes, 40 seconds. 39 minutes, 40 seconds. Do you know what the average is then? 37 minutes. Oh my God. Once you see the numbers, you can't stop seeing the numbers, Mark. Oh my God um that is of course a little bit later we have a lot of things to talk about today because it was kind of a, a crazy week you now if you listened last week you know we had oda Wamne on and you know that this was a big week for rogue because <gasps> they had 27 past sorry carry on relatively easy competition mm-hmm. thank you mark <laughs> the uh, up until this last week and this week oda Wamne said it himself is like the big testing week to see how good they really were uh especially that match versus fanatic where prior to that match they played four out of five of the same opponents um and they won. They had a two-zero week, and it was a pretty, pretty friggin' convincing two-zero week. I have to say. What? So, um, we're gonna have a couple off-topic discussions today. But before we get into the off-topic stuff, on topic, Rogue, best team in the LEC? Question mark. Yeah, I mean the last team they have to take down is G two, which is this weekend, I guess, mm-hmm. because G two came off a decent week, taking down Fnatic and things like this. So they've had their ups and downs, but Rogue have only really had ups. They just don't lose. Even their game against Fnatic was twenty-nine minutes, right? Against BDS, they finished in 28 minutes. So just a minute later, and they're taking out Fnatic, who was also undefeated. Yeah, Malrang was absolutely everywhere. I went home, opened my fridge, he was there too. Yeah, I don't know he, what he happened. He's showing up everywhere. It's crazy. You're like, like, bro, I swear we, we did not invite you to this. And he's like, yep, but here I am anyway. Yeah, I got, I got just, the invite. You're like, how? Just smiling at you like, hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> just randomly shows like, up. Like, I still see his Viego, you know? Like, the steam from the shower comes up. Malrang's like behind me a second later. I wake I'm like, up oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he, man? Is he under the bed? I don't know. Malrang's everywhere. Like, I looked at the Fnatic draft and I was like, damn, into Gwen, you know, early push, Oriana into TF, yeah, early push, yeah, Lucianami yeah. into Jana, early push, Fnatic had early push, Marang says, ah, I love it when you push, boom, just comes and kills everyone, Bam. unlocks mid, humanoid dies, I've said that many times before. Yes, I, we all have, um, yeah. And then Larson was unlocked, and then Marang and Larson roamed the map, they went towards bot, and then Trimby was unlocked, they went towards top, like, I feel like Marang has this very good sense of 
I don't have to play the map alone. I need to play through one lane to help other lanes, and then that lane will just domino affect the other, right? So mm -hmm. uh, he he's just playing so unbelievably well. Like it's it's just crazy to me how even in their second game against Vitality, I think it was. Malrang doesn't even pick jungle one, two, three. He's like, yeah, I can go four, five. I'll just pick like a volley bear with predator. I played it last year. Like it's not too yeah, bad. Yeah, they yeah. have LeBlanc since out, so that's gonna hurt. But I'll figure something out. Well, and it wasn't the same. Definitely in that second game, it wasn't the same. Malrang hard carry. He did good, and he was everywhere that he needed to be. But obviously, that Viego game was like absolute destruction. Yeah. But I think the fact that he was still able to have such a big impact in that game, it was massive for Rogue this weekend. And Rogue across the board had a solid week. Um. We're going to talk a little bit later in the podcast about some new champion stuff because Zeri's enabled this week and Renata oh, just Zeri's got enabled. revealed and Renata is a very cool champion, I think, very yeah. potentially broken champion. So we're going to kind of give you our initial takes on Zeri, what she's going to mean for pro play. Um, we'll probably ask Mickey to chime in on some point at that one as well, too. And we're going to talk a little bit about Renata because honestly, we're just really hyped about this I'm champion. I'm so hyped. I saw, <laughs> we saw their spells like five minutes yeah, ago and we but, were like nerding out. But I think, but I think we'll hold that for a little bit. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. There are timestamps as always in the description if you want to skip ahead and skip back. But I think because we're on the topic of this rogue dominance, we should just segue into Euphoria MVP of the week. Of the Can week. Can we get some kind of like intro like Euphoria MVP of the week? Yeah. Can we someone can someone clip the can you do that one? No, no, I'm not doing that again. We definitely have it. Ah, okay. All right. I was like, someone can clip that. Before we continue. Uh-huh. I think I know who your MVP is going to be. Well, I have candidates, and I was going to run through okay. them and then maybe get your yeah, assessment. Yeah, okay, you, because yeah, you're you a man first. who's been in like th watching three different leagues. So, one, yep. I want to have I want to have a philosophical discussion with you before before we begin because I think that we're going to start to see a trend emerge in MVP because as I was looking through, uh -huh. and when we look at MVP, obviously look at performance. Generally, MVPs are going to go to teams that have been two zero because uh, if someone's going to have an MVP week and not just an MVP day. Um, they usually have to be a big impact in two games. And if they're going 1-1, I think it's less likely. It's certainly not impossible, just less likely. Mm -hmm. But in general, um, I think right now in this meta, and potentially in general, it is really hard to justify giving MVP to AD carry or top laners. I think it's super difficult. And I'll explain why. I mm -hmm. think that AD carries are often um, left alone to farm on a side lane. And I think that it's really hard outside of like them playing incredibly clutch in early skirmishes or late game fights to feel like they have like gone above and beyond and i think more often than not when that does happen it's usually the product of leads generated earlier by someone else in the game similarly with top laners i feel like since the teleport changes they just don't friggin exist until 15 minutes and mm -hmm. so it's super rare for example if you wanted an mvp top laner performance uh wonders game where he played gragas top against vitality survived the top lane gank even if ultimately it wasn't super consequential but that's obviously a super highlight play and then was massive engager over and over again if he wasn't eclipsed by hillisang this week that is a game where i could see giving a top laner an mvp but generally right now in this meta it feels super hard flacken for example quadra kill in that misfits game great but also in the context of that game like eh, like uh, he had a good week but it's like so for me this my, my general point is is like i feel like it's hard to give either of those roles things because more often than not short of absolute dominance or crazy highlight montage steel moments, I just feel like a lot of the game is decided before they get to participate. And if they grief it, obviously you're going to notice. And if they play a little bit better, obviously you're going to notice. But it's ne never feels super game-defining to you, me. You need one of those playmaker ADs to make it so you can get MVP. I think like the one that comes to mind instantly is something like Lucian, where you're just the primary yeah. carry, you're Nami, can't really make plays. And I think you're completely right. The best example I can think of is anyone wants to go back and watch T1 versus Dam1 game mm -hmm. one. What happens was Carrier got Thresh, Gomyusha got Aphelios. 
Gomiushi finished the game with like at over 10 CS per minute. He was 9-0-5 on Aphelios. He was one-shotting absolutely everyone. He probably got like a double or a triple kill somewhere. But Carrier was playing Thresh and he got them loads of kills in the early game. He got them a kill mid, a kill bot, he got a 2v2 kill, all these kind of things. I don't know if it was 2v2 at that game, but anyway, he was everywhere yeah. on the map, diving mid level 4. And Carrier got the MVP. Deserved, right? He set the team up for success and Gumuyushi slam dunk, you know? He gave him the layup and then in come Gumuyushi with the double under toe slam overhead yep, backflip, yep, you yep. know? And you got to make it look stylish because Gumuyushi definitely did. So I think it's much easier to give it to jungle support and say the reason they're MVP is because they got their team ahead or give it to a mid laner because you can show off with the shockwaves. You can show off with like the team fights on Vex and LeBlanc and, and things like this. I think similarly, you have opportunities to roam as a mid laner very often. You're much yeah. more active. And I feel like those three roles are the roles that actually get to move. Yeah, and the two most useless roles in the game are just top and AD. It's just how it is. AD is either left on, on their own after five minutes to, to eight minutes where a support just roams, plays for Herald, goes for mid ganks, tries to get solo lanes ahead. And top lane doesn't really have TP for the four, first 14 minutes, so he's on an island, unless he's playing like a really explosive Armageddon carry matchup like Camille versus Jax or something, right? So yeah. it's natural that it normally does go to support mid jungle. And I think that three-man core is what basically dictates the backbone of every game. You know, yeah. your support mid jungle or what gets you ahead. And then the carries have to do the rest. If you misplay one team fight, I think that's the thing as well. It's like you also have the opposite end of the spectrum where I get you really far ahead. If you screw up a team fight, it's so obvious. If you play a team fight good, good job, you know? Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do in the first place, you know? So it definitely doesn't reward as much success as it kind of um, criticizes errors or like yeah, all yeah, errors yeah. are very obvious because you're like, dude, this guy just got you 2k gold ahead, a full tower, and you just grief the team fight. Like, come on, man. But if you play a team fight good and kill everyone, it's like you were supposed to do that. You're supposed to do yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so I think mm -hmm. things like when you go back to the AD carry matter of like Estriel or Lucian, where you're a bit more like I can dash in rather yes. than just jinx, hit, hit, hit. Or like Kaisa's Eye. You remember Kaisa's Eye meta? Kaisa's that was Zaya. like, you're popping. Oh, the perks Kaisa's Eye meta 2019, you know, or it's just ulting into two people. The, do you remember the Kaisa Kale that Damwon had where yeah. everything was on the Kaisa, just ulting with Kale ult and do as much damage as you can. Yeah. Those are the kind of champions you'd be like damn you can get mvp you know yeah these shorter range 80 carries where you like have to play aggressive to get value out of their kits like yeah. vein is probably on that list if vein wasn't so maybe twitch a, as well twitch yeah big like I big miss impact twitch. well i miss draven twitch, too, twitch you know draven definitely on that list like i think of all like the Callista. that's yeah. a champion I like the, the champions where you can take over the game from bot lane. I think those champions have like question marks around them. It's like, well, you're probably going to lose your lane, but what can you do out of lane? Whereas mm -hmm. if you pick Caitlyn, I'm the AD carry. You're like, well, you have to get CS lead. You have to take my tower. Yeah, imagine we're just like, wow, this Caitlyn had a 20 CS lead. What a legend. MVP. Yeah. And that's what she was supposed <laughs> like, to do, was, right? Yeah. It's you like, have bro. to do that. So <laughs> it, that, that's why. <laughs> it's, like, like, it's like your job is to flip burgers. And someone comes up and it's like gold star, and you're like, yeah. Wait, I'm literally doing my job. You, like, just, you just have to hit <laughs> me when I yeah, you have to hit me when I farm, and you have to hit my tower, and then you just get a CS lead. And right? look, like I don't get me wrong, people do deserve praise. Like you did what you were supposed to do, and you did it well. That deserves praise. But we're talking about MVP, which is like the above and beyond. You know? Yeah, and the Caitlyn's also the follow up, right? If you're playing Caitlyn Lux bot lane, and the Lux hits a binding to get mm -hmm. the kill, and then Caitlyn all she has to do is well, I'll just put a trap on top of you. Trap auto one e, pot. auto. Ooh, um, is that it? So yeah, that's just the nature of League of Legends, really, yeah. isn't it? I, I think when it's, I think that it becomes more fun when you have like 2019 meta, if you imagine it, where you have like Irelia top, Yasuo mid, Gragas jungle with a Kai'Sa bot. It's like, mm -hmm. so who's getting MVP, guys? I've got two assassin divers and a Kai'Sa. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Whoever clutches the fight harder wins. And oh, then yeah, it's kind of like a toss up, you know? Yeah. I think so on that note, there's not going to be, at least on my list for potential candidates this week, too many uh, ADs or top laners. The one exception to that is comp who was on the short list. He's not my actual, he was just on my candidate list mm -hmm. because Comp was the rock for his team, you know, 
good Caitlin game, really showed up that time, especially versus Vitality, and across the weekend, just super, super solid also, play. Can I just say comp stats are nuts? Not so Comps. much like lane phase stats, but like just team fight stuff. So good. Yes. But I think, and the thing is, remember that when you're 7-0, your stats are like by default going to be pretty good. Yeah. And that does not, again, that's that context is important, but it doesn't take away from how well comp's been playing. I think the moment where comp went from like, he's doing a great job and that deserves respect to MVP was like when he started that fight with Karzy in the bot lane and kept that shit going i was like damn these are the moments that i look out for where you're just like you're just taking a raw 1v1 and, and i like that's that's a good moment and the the weird thing to me about comp is first of all like massive props to comp coming back from what happened last year just being benched and just disappearing from everywhere and coming back yeah. and being insane okay i'll give you some raw numbers here K kill participation right how mm -hmm. many like how much time you're or how many kills you're participating in for your team the highest person on that team is comp in rogue he's at almost 80 percent kp Marang's at 69 Trimby's nice. at 71. Nice. Nice. But comps at almost 80. As a, you know, we just talked about AD Carry being, you know, not much of an impact yep. role. He's playing Jinx, he's playing Jin, yep. but he is part of majority of their kills and he is doing the most damage as well. So just raw numbers, he's doing fantastic, I think. Yeah. I think again, like I think that uh one of the struggles of one thing one thing that you should know is I have a lot of rogue players on this list because ultimately rogue are doing incredibly well and all, there there has to be an MVP on that team and you have to pick. So similarly uh larson or Lar let's start let's do the other one trimby also on my list for this week a guy that i looked at and these are all people that i was like these people deserve looking through their stats looking at their impact looking through the vods again to to look again just based on what i remember and trimby incredible Jana game now admittedly that game was the malrang show yep. don't get me wrong but trimby deserves that shout out and similarly uh, the Lux defense play, the bot lane play, he asked if we could get the, the replay clip Where's and i don't think we ever grapes? did where he's literally just falling off Ari around um wonderful thing going in and watching that in the replay and it's like this this man has been super super good and i think that him and malrang in the early game are part of the reason that rogue has just been doing so incredibly well and 100%. i like that this meta of pretty boring range supports honestly does not mean that people aren't roaming it does however mean that roaming is significantly higher risk and you saw that because trimby died a few times you know got definitely got caught out and we've seen a lot of range support players get caught out in the last weekend to be fair, melee support players too. A lot of our sports are getting caught. Kaiser's like out on no man's land sometimes. It's, yeah, it's just rough out there. For people sports. are running around griefing. Yeah, people are sometimes. like people are skipping steps sometimes. They're just walking into fog of war, hoping that no one's there. Um, but I think Trimby Trimby deserves like a little bit of acknowledgement as well because it's definitely like he is a big part of it, and I think he's just slightly eclipsed by other members on his team. Similarly, but. But, I mean, Larson's on the list, and you saw the TF game, incredible mm -hmm. moments. Um, mm -hmm. The only non-rogue player on my list is actually Caps. It was a debate between Caps and Yankos for who was MVP on G2. True. We're working our way towards, I think, the most obvious MVP of all time, guys. But, like, we said we'd give you discussion every week, so I do want to give you a little something. Mm -hmm. um, I think Caps, the big thing about Caps and Yankos is... Um, Yankos' first game where we set up Caps was really good, but Yankos' second game was, like, maybe a little less flashy. And Caps is, was getting f***ed by Humanoid. There's no other way to say it. He was getting absolutely bodied. He was getting destroyed. He survived a couple ganks that he should not have because Razor kind of flubbed it a bit. But once he did, he went on to have an incredibly solid victory performance, specifically the flank around topside really did it for me. I'm not giving him any credit for that horrible TP from Humanoid, but he did push W there, and that is an important skill to push. Oh, my God, um, that's Humanoid TP. Damn. That yeah. was a big, big turning point that in was the game. A, oh, that was a roughie. But, like, Caps would be the other guy on the short list. But ultimately, the only person on this list that is truly deserving of MVP this week is none other than Malrang. Yeah. His Fnatic game as Viego was 10 
out of 10. It was disgusting. Mm-hmm. It was absolute dominance. Yep. And his next game against Southmate Volbert, much less flashy, still very impactful still early impactful, game. Still impactful, yeah. And I think what's insane to me is that this guy is, just looking at his week three stats, he's number one in K plus A at 14 minutes now, not at 15 minutes anymore, with four net, so 4.5, so, you know, nine over both games, basically. Um, number two in jungle proximity, you know, huge, huge stats, and minus 34 CS on average. That's like, He's wildly far behind, but I love it! That's what I was just about to talk about. Like, Malrang, the way he plays is he will look for every opportunity possible, whether it's like, so there's many different ways you can approach a lane as younger. The lane could be pushing, you could look for a dive, but the lane could also be pushing and they might gank it because you're pushing, enemy jungle might yep. come, so you're going to try to counter gank. Alternatively, you can be on the flip side of that where the enemy bot is um, stacking a wave and you can be there to gank them on that wave, or you might have to read that there's a gank or a dive set up and you have to counter it, right? So there's many different ways. That's just a couple of examples of finding opportunities and Malrang is on it. He's looking for them all the time and he's always in the right place at the right time to stop the enemy team from making yep. a play. How does he make it so he can juggle his own plays while also stopping enemy plays? Giving up camps. Yeah. And it puts him behind. So where does he get his XP from? It gets from the lanes because he makes a, make sure the play either happens and he gets a push out and XP from there or from the kill or he's there to counter the play and he's ready to get the XP in gold, whatever it yeah. is from the kill. But just from what you said, he's down around 25 to 30 CS at minute 14, 15. That's around four to five camps. Like he just... It's more. It's like six, seven camps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just leaves it up. Like, he doesn't care. You know, he doesn't want it. Yeah, six, seven camps. He, he doesn't even try to farm it. Like, I'm looking right here. At 15 minutes, how many times has Malrang been ahead at CS in 15 minutes? Probably like once. Never. Never. Zero percent. He's never been ahead. He's down 300 gold. He's down XP. But Rogue as a team are very far ahead. And Malrang sacrifices himself to keep his lanes that are scaling yeah. either even or ahead and balanced across the board, which just naturally benefits the team. And I think the thing that, there's a couple things that I love about the style. And one, because I think there's a lot of ways to play jungle. And I think a lot of players, especially when they come onto LEC stage for the first time and they've got nerves, just like fall back to super passive, small incremental advantages. Maybe they get a gank off. Maybe they get one or two camps, you know, because someone flubs a gank on the opposite side and they can steal a Raptor camp. This play style... I, as a spectator, I love. Now, it is not perfect. Because I think the next level above this in terms of jungling is like when you get to the canyons where you're like, he's everywhere and he's ahead in CS. Like, goddamn, this man's unleashed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you're like, how does he do it? It's unstoppable. But the thing that I love about this and the reason why this feels so MVP worthy to me and I do really support this play style is in a different universe, Rogue are not 7-0 and we're sitting up here like, Maorang is down 34 CS, trying to force these whack-ass ganks every game. doing. There's- nothing and he's useless and that's the thing that's the thing about the strategy is it's super volatile like because you are pay- he is paying that cs price when he shows up there but it's that is sunk cost volatile. yeah no yeah and that, that is sunk cost but he is making it work and yes it's gambling and yes like we could never talk about malrang if he plays like this every week as an mvp candidate again but when it works it really works and it is it is good and it is working for rogue and i think it does deserve that respect is that that what the contrast to so that means is yes malrang is the mvp here I wouldn't call him the best jungler in our league because, again, this style is so volatile and so risky that we could easily see a game next week where he does nothing and looks completely useless. But when it does work, it deserves that recognition because it is so clutch and so important for Rogue. Yeah, you can look at the positives and negatives. Let's just weigh up the positives, right? He's really active in getting his lanes ahead. He's dropping his camps to do it. And the third one I think is very important, especially for their coaching staff, is like Malrang can drop the 4-5 on Pigman to make sure he has a jungler that has impact, right? He'll pick Trundle mm-hmm. on 4-5 or Volibear. He'll find something, Lee Sin the other side of this coin that I will say if the glass is half, you know, empty is Trimby said it very clearly on the desk. He said, 
well, we're getting ahead, but I really feel like half of these teams should not be dying to what we're doing. And he thinks that it's early season, the communication is poor, and most of these ganks should not be working. Because what yeah. they're getting ahead from is, yes, counter ganks, and yes, dives are good, but a lot of it is actually just raw ganks. And how many times do you look at it like a top-tier game and just see a gank happen and they just die? Lose their flash and the lane's over. It's very rare for that to happen in like a very high-stakes, high-level pro game. And we're early spring. So, of course, people will die to ganks naturally. Maybe one or two in the highest level. But the amount of times Maorang's getting these ganks off, like that Fnatic game, he ran around the entire map, killing absolutely everyone in the first 15 minutes, and then a tower fell. Um, so that's the only worry I have. How, how long can they keep it up before these teams start to get better? Read Maorang's plays and be like, guys, we're going into week 7 now, week 8. Maorang is just going to pick an early game jungler, permagank, we need to track him, early invade, ward one of his sides, track him from that point onwards, time his second camps, make sure jungle support comes together at 6 minutes to ward wherever it is, and just track, 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 to where yeah. Maorang's behind in CS with no ganks, and then you're like, oh, shit, you know, like, what? Are, what's the plan? And in that sense, I think that Rogue are always in the interesting position that teams that are so clearly first in the league often find themselves in, is that it's often harder to grow because you're not, and I don't know what their scrims look like, but you're not losing games on stage with this strategy, which means... If you're a coach, you're like, well, shit, do we, like, invest more in this? Do we double down and get better at this and just try to, like, get our playoff spot as soon as possible? Or do we say, all right, let's try something different and risk dropping those stage games? And it is best of one, so I would say, like, do whatever you have to do to become the best version of yourself possible. Because mm -hmm. for some team, like, Astralis at this point, Astralis, just win friggin' games. Like, I don't give a... I don't, Doesn't I matter how you do it. do not care how you do it. Play whatever <laughs> degenerate crap you want. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Until you can prove you can win a game, I don't care. But for Rogue, when they're 7-0, and playoffs is like obviously the first goal, but more importantly, once you feel like you're pretty secure in playoffs, best of five, then I think there's more room to experiment. And I think that you're right that this feels like, and we could be wrong, but I think this has a clock on it for how long this is going to work. And I think it certainly is a very good style against teams that are, from what, we, every, from what everyone has told us about scrims, all these, a lot of the teams on stage right now are coming in and playing way more reserved, let's say, way more cautiously in scrims. Mm -hmm. And so if Malrang is the one dude who's just out there going nuts, you know, that's going to throw people off. And that's like a super huge asset for Rogue in these early weeks. But when they want to be, when they want to remain ahead of the pack, when I think that their players compared to some of the other top teams have lower expected ceilings. We'll see what actual ceilings look like. I think that they also need to be one step ahead in terms of development. And I think that's, it's going to be a challenge in weeks to come. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably die, they'll probably figure out, they're probably very aware of this, you know, and I think that yeah. now you're in such a comfortable position with having these wins, you know, you can be like, well, we can try and first pick a Diana, let's play more for jungle, see what happens, you know. Going to play also with a couple more styles, you know, there's no point just kind of cruising through spring, trying to get this 18-0 early game only, try to stay the same style. By the time it's summer, you're screwed or whatever. By the time it's playoffs, you're screwed. You know, think outside the box a bit, try different things, think they've got a lot of positives for them. Larson, extremely consistent as always, doesn't yep. really die to ganks. Uh, Otto Wamley is playing fantastic. Comp and Trimby, this bot lane has surprised me in lane especially. Um, so they have loads of good players around them. And if Malrang's ganks don't work out, I'm sure they'll be fine. But I think it's now time to just start putting your hand in a different bag and be like, eh, let's see what we can pull out. Yeah, show us more. Uh, you know, and they've shown us a couple different kinds of styles of composition. And you heard a lot about the drafting praise this weekend in the show. And I think we'll see if they can continue to stay ahead in drafts, especially because now is when we really start to hit the patch shakeups. Because eleven or sorry, twelve one to twelve two was like there's some decent changes there. But mm -hmm. now that we're adding a new champion, and this is where your preseason prep starts to mean less and less and less, and your adaptability means more and more. And mm -hmm. we always see teams rise and fall around this point in the year where. You know, yeah, your preseason prep essentially runs out. 
Um, and we'll see who that's going to affect the most. Wouldn't surprise me if it affects Rogue a little bit. Um, but since the team environment and the vibes seem to be so good, we'll just hope for their sake that that carries them through. Also, I think 12.3 will be a pretty big patch as well. Like, that's not, I don't think that's coming out this weekend. No, Maybe I think we're next 12 week or the week enabled and then it's 12. Yeah, there's loads of things happening, like the RE reworks, LeBlanc TF getting taken out, some item changes. I feel yeah. like that's going to shake it up yeah. a bit. But like the fact that Zeri's enabled is just, I have no clue what's going to happen with this champ. This champ had, had like a really low win rate, but. I don't think win rate is something you should look at in early early release stages. I've seen mm -hmm. Zeri Yumi's run around terrorizing the rift. I've seen people practicing Zeri mid and Zeri top a lot, especially Zeri top. Well, and I've seen the ner and the best thing you can do, and I'll say this always, is just look at the nerfs that are coming in twelve three to see what part of her kit is OP in twelve two. And it seems like it's a lot of the. Uh, it seems like there's a lot ba <laughs> based on the I nerfs that was, are coming through. I think there was some Trinity Force changes um, where it gets more health. Um, which is like a buff to Triforce, which is her core component. You always build Triforce on this champ. Yep. I don't think there's any changes to the champ on 12.3. Uh, there's some planned ones that were teased by August. I'm not sure if okay. they're 12.3 or if they're getting pushed back to 12.4. They, they were on Reddit. They were posted by, I think, Spider-Axe or someone from uh, the patch website. That so we use. right now, Zeri's win rate in solo queue is sitting at around 526 yeah. which is pretty healthy for a freshly released champion now that I think about it. I think it was quite low initially, but now it's gone higher. Pick rate's pretty high. I've been seeing carry tops I mean, playing a top. There's a flexibility, but... How how skill-intensive do you think a she is as a champion? She's very micro-intensive in terms of, like, if your APM is... you have is, to hit the Q and Yeah, yeah you have right. to hit Q autos, and you have to be able to kite at the same time while keeping up your stacks to manage your move so speed, right? Then I'd so, say 52 might be high. And again, at some point this year, by the way, we're going to have August on the show. Um, we can talk to him about this. But I'd say that, like, if a champion is high skill and it comes out with a positive win rate, you're sweating. Because when LeBlanc first got... Okay, LeBlanc's a horrible example. What's Who's a complicated assassin? Akali? Yeah, but Akali was also really broken on release. <laughs> the point is, is like if a champion has a high skill ceiling, you would assume that their first weeks of win rate would be low because people would be figuring out how to play the champion. Yeah. Uh, just for context, like Master Plus, her win rate's 58%, right? She's the second Sheesh. highest win rate champion, right? In bot lane specifically, I'm talking here. Bro. Um, so likely it's AD. My question is what kind of prio? Because what happens with champions coming into the meta is... I mean, I've talked about this before, but when you scrim in, in, a, in a league, you have two different scrim metas because everyone can't scrim everyone. So there's normally yep. two groups, five, five or something like this, six or four, five or five, uh, two groups coming with different scrim metas. What read do you have on the meta, mm -hmm. right? Some teams might be first picking Zeri and being like, damn, this is OP. Other teams might be first stating Zeri and then someone instantly finds a counter and then that group knows exactly what counter is to Zeri and then you're just screwed, right? So yeah. you see this often with playoffs where... There's a big patch before playoffs. Everyone comes in with different metas. People are still with the old meta with like Hecarim Volibear and then other teams are playing like Nidalee and stuff and you're like, wait, what the hell? How do we not Who know is this? Right? Yeah. Who's right? You um, see, uh, the, the supersized version of this is when we get to Worlds and there are like completely different regional metas. But yeah. So exactly right. So you might have two, diff two different teams where one's instantly banning Zeri on red side, not giving first pick, and one team's blue, leaves it open, doesn't first pick, enemy team first states it, boom, instant counter to it or something like this, right? Yeah. So um, two different things could happen. I'll say that um, it's definitely hard to form a solid opinion on how good this champion is because I think Reddit prones itself to just all the super ludicrous highlight clips like yeah. Pink Ward playing this AP Zeri. I've seen so many just like crazy Zeri mo moments where she's just like zooming around the map. She's so freaking fast. Um, she's one of those champs where it's like very fast, a little low damage, but can take over a fight. Yep. Also, if she's CC, she's instantly dead kind of, right? Yeah. So need to lock her down. Well, and I like champions that leverage 
because this is kind of why I thought um, Lily was so interesting for a long time when Lily was good. It's because like when she was really good and she was like dancing around skill shots and stuff, um, that was hype. And I'm kind of hoping that we get some of the same vibes here, especially mm-hmm. when her Q, her, which is, if you don't, if you haven't looked at the champion, her Q is basically her auto attack and her auto attack is basically a spell and you have to mash Q kind of like shooter style with her little She's- BR to like, She's basically like Tracer from Overwatch. You're just dashing in and out. You're extremely squishy, sure. but you'll one-shot it. <laughs> they're going to love that we made that comparison, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> well, I mean, she just dashes <laughs> in and out, doesn't do that much damage, and then eventually she can. But if you're really, really good, she'll do a lot of damage, you know? Yeah, and if you get ahead, and she can get ahead. I've seen a lot of games where she does just take over in lane phase, and she seems like a very frustrating champ. Also, her E is so frustrating. Like this little this Talon, bard, where Talon goes E bar across, portal thing. Like she's in a fight. And you're fighting, let's say, like in bot side river towards the wall of red side towards bot tower. And she's just like dashing in and over the wall nonstop or going through the walls. She's so annoying to gank. Oh, my God. Yeah. What I'll say is that, as a, again, as a spectator, because I think the more that I cast League of Legends, the more that I look things in terms of like, are they hyped to watch and less are they balanced? Because everyone else is going to complain about balance. Um, I think this character is super hyped to watch. I, that's what I will say. I think the fact that like some of that will be lost because I think when Ezreal is playing really well, like you appreciate that the Q is a skill shot and Q is so clearly a skill shot, whereas mm. her Q is really just looks like an auto attack. But understand in like a really tense team fight where like she's fighting a phase rush rise, that shit sounds sick. You know what I mean? Just like they're just firing skills left and right at each other. Like if you miss, if you drop a single auto, that's crazy. But then but in comes Malphite, Miro, Migo, <laughs> yeah, just uh, ends uh, the fight instantly. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Like I mean, obviously you can't just take it out. But these um, these short range, uh, highly skill intensive AD carries, and this one feels more because I like in a Vayne situation, Vayne kind of looks cool because it's like, oh, how many sick cues can you use to dodge tumble, stuff tumble. And you, tumble 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 but here like she not only has to move very fast as you said she's micro intense you have to cue in the right spot and it's like not the hardest skill shot to hit don't get me wrong but in tense moments the difference between hitting an auto and missing an auto is life and death so i'm i am very excited mm-hmm. for zeri that said i i like any short range high skill 80 carry she's either going to be i think ludicrously broken or non-existent um kind of say when new champions are released it's crazy how fast your mind adapts to that champion just being in the game you know like the first yeah. week you're out like dude this is disgusting or you see the release you're like oh this is gonna be op two weeks later you're like yeah i'm just gonna play it you know like or you just see it in a game and it's just natural i don't know it's crazy how quickly you can just get yeah, adjusted like, from like, I was, this looks op I was, too. <laughs> I was so pumped for auction and we watched that perks auction game where he fed and i was like i'm kind of over it now yeah i watched like i was like vex vex is gonna be so cool anti-mobility was sick and then we watched uh, two weeks of x games and now no one picks it i'm like thank god that champion is bad yeah you know it's like super good into dashes has its own scenarios but it comes in looking like oh my god this is broken and then everyone's like it's in the game that's kind of a like, champ the first time i had this was when zoe was released i was like damn this champ this looks this champ doesn't fit league of legends it's like some kind of disney character i don't know it just doesn't fit yeah and then after a week i'm like yeah zoe's pretty cool yeah like, it's pretty yep. cool champ you know like i get used to it it's one-shotting <laughs> everyone still but like it fits i don't know um, the next thing we're going to talk about, uh, before we kind of bring Mickey X onto the show, and maybe we'll, we have a little bit more time too, so we'll, maybe we can talk about some of the top, the other top teams as well, but we are really both really excited about, uh, Renata Glask, Renata Glask, mm. um, Renata Glask is the new, what would appear to be support champion, we'll see if she gets abused yep. in the other lanes, but, um, that has come out, she's like, uh, Chem Baron from Zaun thematically, but she just has a really cool and theor- potentially super busted kit. Yeah. Um, it just got revealed today. There were some leaks ahead of time, but LeagueOfLegends.com will have it. 
Um, I'll run through the abilities really quick just to give... It's going to be hard to visualize, so I I encourage you if you're in podcast video land to just go look at them before we continue the discussion, but I'll run through them. Uh, Her passive is her basic attacks mark people, and then Leona Styles, uh, her allies have to hit that person to consume the mark, um, which deals bonus damage. So again, this is pushing her into the support role and not as a solo laner because some portion of her damage is locked behind having an ally in the area. Her Q is like a blitzcrank hook it is a missile um it roots the first enemy hit and then she can um throw that enemy in a direction so basically like it's like a hook that locks on it doesn't pull them in it's just locked on them they're rooted and then she pushes the direction and they go in that direction yep. and if she if that when she hits that direction um if it hits an ally they they're both i think they're both stunned um Stunning them if the target is a champion. Doesn't does okay. Uh, yeah, if the full details will be released soon, but something like that will happen. Yeah, no. So it's on the League of Legends website. Oh, okay, cool. not, uh, the specifics, not the Reddit. leak image that you're looking at. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, think of like it's, it's very similar vibes to the Zach Q into auto attack, but both halves are a skill oh, shot. So it's a little bit more good. difficult. Um, her W, and this is where it gets really crazy, guys. And I and I have to explain this stuff ahead of time. I know this will feel redundant if you have the information ahead of you. It's just. This is some wild shit, guys. Like a whole balance team. Let's go. Okay, her W is a buff for herself and her ally. Gives them both ramping attack speed and move speed uh, and move speed towards enemies. Okay, simple, right? Here's the deal. If the ally gets an... Or, oh, and if the ally gets a takedown on enemy champion, the buff duration resets. Again, attack speed buff, movement speed buff while you're attacking, while you're attacking and chasing people. Great. Not good for running away. Good for going in. Sick. Here's where it gets weird. If the ally dies while bailout, bailout is the name of the skill, the buff is active, their health is set back to full, but they begin burning to death over three seconds. Think of Chemtech, or think of Chembaron, think of Scion passive. So you start to die. Now, you can stop that burning to death process, that Scion passive health degrade whatever, by getting a champion takedown before you die. Now, champion takedown means you don't need the last hit, but you do need to have done damage to the champion within the last, like, second second and a half i can't remember the exact specifics it's it's similar rules to like ring getting the rangar passive stacks or it's kind of like a lulu w with a zillion but the zillion when you come back you need to come back by killing someone yeah. after three seconds well you come back you and the thing is you're burning and if you instantly kill someone you're not going to lose that much of your health but if you're burning to death over three seconds you know and we assume it's a flat burn yeah. if it takes you two seconds to finish killing someone you're only going to be at like 33 percent health you know what i mean yeah so this already if you're not like, oh my god, that sounds busted. It does sound busted. It sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this is a mechanic that I hope can be super duper balanced because it does sound potentially super strong. But that is a basic ability. That gets wackier though than that. It gets it gets wackier. The next ability, pretty straightforward. So, um, it is a skill shot. I'm actually not clear to me if it's a skill shot. You send out rockets, and the rockets shield allies that they pass through and damage and slow enemies that they pass through. They also apply their effects around her on cast. So an immediate AOE circle around her, and it makes an explosion at the end of the range. So pretty seems like easy skill shot to hit, shielding mm-hmm. slash healing, kind of some, we're kind of getting some weird karma vibes plus the zombie ability from this character so far. Um, the best part, this, this is, is some part. Dota 2 crazy shit, and I love Dota 2 design. Uh, it's uh, I cannot play the game because some of the design is like so crazy and wild to me, but this is some wild stuff. You throw... A, let's say like nami wave sized wave in front of you at a pretty decent range every enemy it hits goes berserk which increases their attack speed and forces them to basic attack anything around them in this order first they prioritize their own allies 
then neutral units, Baron, etc., Dragon, then your team, and then you. So what this means is, if you are running away from enemy Gigafed Jinx, and you throw this alt into her, and she's standing next to her tank line, she starts shooting her Malphite, her Malphite starts beating the hell out of her. Yeah. So not only are they CC'd, functionally unable to attack you because they have to attack each other, they... Um, they're going to murder the hell out of each other. It's insane. It literally has so much potential. And I love abilities like this. And they're, they can be super problematic because you're basically punishing someone for being strong. Because if the Jinx is six items, she's going to kill her entire team in the Drake. Yeah. Like, or know the how entire long team the kills Jinx. Or the entire team kills Jinx. So you're punishing her essentially for being strong. And that's like why I think some of these things can be um, risky. But I think it's super cool because also, if you just straight alt someone 1v1, and again, this is why, again, she's being pushed in the support position. If I just alt your Jinx, your Jinx gets, just gets an attack speed steroid and she hits the, she beats she, she, the hell out no of me. Because no one's around. Because no one's around. Yeah. Yeah, so she just kills you or your allies first, you know? So you like you can't use this on a single target. It has to be used in these big AOE teamfight moments, but it also has the potential to be completely game-breaking well, and insanely broken. What I'm saying is casting teamfights with this thing when like the W's on the AD carry that's burning, the ult's hitting the enemy team, which all hitting yeah. each other, the Viego's getting resets, the Gwen snipping in his immune, man. Like season 12, 13 casting, this is going to be some whack-ass stuff, but I wish that this ult also hit her allies. Me too. Because if it made it so that her enemies and the allies that's all starting hitting each other and the range was bigger, that would be such Cause shit fest and I would love it because you can put the W on your AD carry, make them start burning and then ult everyone around. And then they like start dying and hitting each other, and then the Jinx gets like a, a reset from you, maybe because you yeah, this is, okay, this she's is like, hitting you. <laughs> and bear with us if you're not following; it's gonna be so hard. But please go read the ability descriptions. Pause for a quick second, read them, and come back because our dream scenario is you can also hit allies, and you as the low health um, Renata, Renata alt your, your own Jinx, Jinx, right? Your you alt your own Jinx so that she can kill you to get a reset. Or, as your Jinx is dying, you push W on her to give her the buff, so she comes back as a zombie. You then throw the ult so that she kills you while you're at low health, yep. so that you come back as a zombie, but she's gotten a takedown off you, resetting her health, stopping her from being a zombie, giving her the attack speed steroid, which she already gets from the ultimate. She then turns, and she murders the entire... And, like, you can make so many wild scenarios up in your head Jesus. for how this can work. And you could, it rewards people being psychopaths, five-head crazy plays, right? Yes! That's what that, I want! That would be... And imagine you're, like, a Nash fight, 5v5, like, someone in Gauges, and then yes. the Renata in the backline just ults past everyone, hits all nine oh. people, and they're all just in this massive Armageddon for five seconds while Renata sits there sipping her cola with her popcorn, just watching them hit each other. Oh my god! Or the Renata has a Guardian Angel, okay? You have Guardian Angel and Renata, <sighs> and then you're 1% HP, and you ult your Jinx, who has W on, who just died, and then she kills you. And she gets a reset, but she comes back to life full HP. But you have GA, so you're still in the fight, <laughs> and the fight just keeps going, and it's some nuts-ass wacko stuff. Yep. So anyway, but, it's, I, but anyway, we've probably misguided here. It doesn't it, hit your allies. It doesn't hit your allies. So that was an entirely a theoretical riot. Please let it hit your allies. That's my request. They probably tested it, and it's probably so degenerate that they just didn't. But yeah, I generally trust the the balance team in that regard. Um, Do you know what I have to say about all these changes? What Nasus has ten percent life steal. Bro, this is such a bad, bad meme. This is such a bad. Why is that? Why is it? <laughs> it's a classic. Like, you see bro, all these descriptions I, of like hits enemy champion. I had this conversation on uh, with August though. It's it's like, bro, why is like why are we balancing by number of words? 
like her pa- her passive has to have a lot of words but at the end of the day it's not that simple. no it's just it funny goes, how like i hit them and then you need to hit them no, and it, it could just say i hit them and then you need to hit them instead it says the whole thing and yeah, it's like yeah, it's just, lifesteal but then like it's only because we all know what lifesteal is that you don't have to explain that it's like every time nasa's hit someone he'll perceive 10 percent of the damage post mitigation mm. as healing returned to his life bar, no the you know funny I mean? the funny thing is it took it takes like five ten minutes to describe this champ right but if yeah. you took nasa's you'd be like his passive is 10% less. Q, every you time know, he kills boom. a unit with it, he it gets stacks. Extra stacks. His yeah. W is a slow. Slow. His E is an AOE on the ground that does damage. And reduces your armor. And his ult makes him armor. bigger and makes his Q cooldown. And low. gives you increasing yeah. magic resist, does percentage health, max health, damage range. You know, Mass Assault is actually complicated. It reduces his Q down by 50%. Yeah, it's just funny how, like, League of Legends is kind of like, like but you, I think, you take you take like season one where it's yeah. like well we have this is our limitation this is our limitation and then you take season 12 where you have like no boundaries mm-hmm. and you have these crazy stuff and i love the crazy stuff philosophically i think personally uh, note if you don't know already i am a full-time employee of riot games so yes. if you are like if you want to call conflict interest bias feel free to do it but i'm, I'm saying this and just as a player of league of legends and a league of legends enthusiast i like complicated i don't mind complicated kits when um once you figure out the character it feels good it makes sense within the thematic and it has clear understandable counterplay i think Ophelios is probably a failure in that regard i do i love that champion but he's really confusing it doesn't make any sense yeah. and they made some positive changes but like if you've not have not played five games against Ophelios or more he still does not make any freaking sense luckily mostly what he does is shoot you and do damage so it's not the worst thing in the world but like if this champion was as complicated as it felt, it would be concerning. At the end of the day, like Akali, again, another champion that when she came out, I think very mechanically intensive. Aurelia, similar thing. Their kit makes sense. I think it has clear strengths, clear weaknesses. Now, not necessarily Akali when it came out, obviously, because of the Tower Shroud. Um, but like when the ch- the kits feel good, they're mm-hmm. mobile, and they have good counterplay to play against, that feels great to me. Like I think Aurelia is a cool champion. That said, when she's fed, she's miserable to play against. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think... like. I just the thing that I wonder is like season one was attempts and lifesteal whatever this is the this is our sure. limit yeah yeah and now our limit is anything you know I can revive teammates I'm immune in a circle I can yeah. make enemies hit each other whereas how far can we keep going you know like I want to know what league looks like in five years not in a bad way but like are we gonna start like making things that can do damage to terrain can we change like something well, on the rift and I wonder if the balance you know? and design philosophy has changed and again. I want to see some. August like, promised me he would come on the show, so I'm dragging your I, ass in here. Because the August. technology of the game is growing, right? Yeah. Obviously, over the last ten years, technology has just gotten better naturally, probably for game design as well, right? And, and how how far can it keep growing? You know, well, I want to I want to see I want to peer into the future. Forget, and like, see, I don't like, think, I mean, some game design is probably you know. Imagine in five limited. years' time where you can cast like a spell that makes the whole like rift turn into some kind of void, and pieces keep falling in circles, and you have to get out of those circles. It's like a giant gangplank. Ultimate. Yeah, yeah. Raid boss mechanic and, like, stuff. Ground falls through, and if you fall to the ground, you die. And then like you're fighting bot lane with holes in the ground, and you have to. I don't and know. You have to click around it. That actually sounds kind of sick. That sounds that. Huh? Um, here's here's my thing. Is I wonder, I wonder as League's life cycle goes on, if that. If the balance changes, will also reflect the changes. Because I wonder if the League of play- Player Base, let's say Legends Player Base, was still—I don't know anything about how it's growing—but let's say it's growing super rapidly. I wonder if they'd be making more champions that were like friendlier to beginners mm-hmm. and like easier to understand. Because I do think the barrier to entry of League of Legends only gets higher. It only gets more complicated. True. Even if we just make more Nasuses, it's still com- it's still another champion to learn in a game that already has a ton of champions. So I wonder if, as League of Legends, let's say like 
hits its final level of maturity. And I have no idea where it is. If that's when they just go full degen mode and that's when we get the holes in the ground start appearing and it's just like, we know the only people left playing League of Legends. And again, I don't think this is the case today, but are like the hardcore fans. So now we just make it just turns into like stuff. It turns into like Bloons TD6 where you just have like spawn a helicopter in base, <laughs> yeah, fly out an airstrike like, bottling. We can do the Akali Aurelia fusion dance mid game if we buy the right items. And then suddenly one of us is mouse and one of us is keyboard. Like how you have to buy the item each and yeah. it's like an earbud and the both of you have it and then you walk together you fuse into one champ and then one of you become the keyboard they become yep. the mouse yeah and the thing is because like obviously like when you're and I, again we're not experts in this and i don't want to speak oh to experts, definitely but not. there's always considerations <laughs> to like you want to bring in new players and again if the player skill base is like really spread out you have to design in a certain way it's a similar to say what's like let's say they only designed and balanced for challenger what would champions look like you know what i mean like mm. how wild would that be you could have champions that are like 30 percent win rate in bronze because they're so insanely hard to play but are like 60 percent in like challenger that sounds nutty yeah so I don't know. I don't know. That world. was a good rant about champions. Though. I enjoyed that. I was. Fun. I like talking about this stuff because, like, the ultimate truth is like the esports side of League of Legends is great, but we're also all League esports fans. If you guys want less of this or more of this, feel free to let us know. But uh, I enjoy talking about this, and also this new champion really hypes me up because this is the because like I remember I love Bard. I love Bard Alt so much. I think it's one of the coolest abilities in the game. So I love these like unique kind of effects and abilities that aren't always that have like have the pat like can do literally nothing or can be so completely game-changing i like stuff that's that high variance yeah i like the things where you can just kind of like be creative and creativity is rewarded without placing things like this mm -hmm. and i think this champ has a lot of it yeah all right we have more top teams to talk about we need to talk about the lec now we we're going back to lec that was our brief tired in exchange we might get mickey's quick thoughts on zary as a way to close out but regardless we're setting up for mickey x now we're going to talk a little about the top teams his perspective on the league and then we're going to jump into the excel story oh so much to unpack there um but yeah let's let's get mickey well welcome young mickey x mickey xl as we'll Hello. now call you mickey xl I like mickey that. xl I like that, there yeah. it is there it is um Good to have you on the show, man. It's been a oh. weird, weird couple months for you, huh? You went from uh, yep. G2 to like floating in the nether. In, the, in and limbo. In limbo. And then pretty clearly set to be in limbo for most of a season. And now here you are. Someone just magically came down with a key to the jail cell and said, here you go, Mickey. Here you go. <laughs> the Excel pretty powers that be <laughs> have yeah. saved you. They went to McDonald's and they're like, that man makes a mean burger. I wonder if he can play League of Legends too. <laughs> and let's see how he does on support role. <laughs> pretty good at flipping those. Hey, and sometimes that's what a team needs. You know, that's all I'll say. Yeah. Um, before we get into like the nitty gritty of everything that happened with you and Excel and, and how you ended up where you are and what you're doing now, thoughts on Zeri. We just finished rambling about the new champion, even though she's like months away from seeing pro probably. But... Yep. Zeri, do we need to be scared? Is she super giga turbo broken? You don't have to give away yes. anything. Yes. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, she is. Yeah. Oh. oh boy. Like I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen this champion lose in solo queue. But most of the time, I just banned it anyway. At least last week. Uh, this time, yeah, I mostly banned it as well, just because it's so annoying to play against. <laughs> um, but yeah, she seems pretty strong, especially if she gets through early lane, like kind of even. Mm. Um, I think it's mostly I mean I don't know it could be played any role like mid top AD I think most of the time I see it AD but I think yeah it can be played anywhere and every time it's played anywhere it's always OP <laughs> so I don't know 
I think it's going to be quite high prior, yeah. This is every champion when it's released. just feels so broken. It's like, uh, you know, you know what I thought about? I was like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I wonder if new champions these days should have like, you need to play this many games in a normal game before you can bust it out in ranked. Because you have the people who are connoisseurs of the champ and the people who are like, yeah. oh, I'll give it a shot to just grief it, you know? So yeah. I was like, there must be like a warning training curve for these champs, I feel like. I mean, it would definitely improve the quality of solo queue. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind there. But how many wins have you also gotten because someone like picked on a the random, enemy team? On the enemy team, yeah, picked yeah, yeah. a random champion Plenty that they've never times. played Plenty before. Of times. <laughs> you I take the that. trade, the devil's deal, uh, as the people say. Um, Mickey, we talked a bunch about Rogue. They're seven zero. That's cool. We want to talk a little about Fnatic and G two uh, as teams right now, climbing up in the standings. And assuming that you've watched all the games, and you can correct me if you haven't, and this is probably a question I should have yeah, asked ahead of time. I think I did. Yeah. Hosting one hundred and one. Good. That works out. You, <laughs> I didn't even have to say anything. That just worked. I should have just trust fall there. Um, <laughs> what's your what's your? I'd let them have to do so. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mickey. Thank you. Um, what's your read on on both these teams and kind of what's what's hold, what, are, what are they doing well? What do they need to work on at this point as they're um, one step behind Rogue now at this point in the series or in the season? Mm, I think with G two, I think they have to work on the draft. I think the drafts are so troll, but sometimes it works. I think uh, they're quite good otherwise. Um, I mean, honestly, a lot of their games could go either way. But sometimes they clutch it out. Sometimes the enemy team just grieves it. Um, I think Cap's not doing too well right now, but I think he can bring it back eventually. I think the rest of the lanes is actually not bad. Um, and then for Fnatic, uh, I guess the two games they lost last week, I think their mid jungle was not the greatest. But mm. yeah, I think they should be able to put it, bring it back as well. How, how maybe not this week because they play us. But <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, you're gonna take them, take them the hell out. How important do you think draft yeah, yeah. is right now? Because uh, Yankel said on PGL, he said the reason Rogue is so good is because their drafts are just so good. Um, and now you just said G2 yeah. drafts are hit or miss. Do you think draft is like a lot more important than it was in previous seasons? Uh, not really. I mean, I mean, I always think draft is like eighty percent of the game, or like yeah, of the win. So. Yeah. I think it doesn't didn't really change too much this year, but I think um, because there's so many new champs that are strong or that get changed, and players are just much better individually, then eventually there's not so much of a skill gap, and it's more like a draft gap because mm -hmm. everyone is kind of good nowadays. Mm -hmm. I, that's what I think, at least. I see what you mean. But also, yeah, some champs are just good against other champs, and some champs are just complete broken, but some people don't know it, and yeah. That's how it goes. Is there any of those champions you want to leak right here? I mean, I should, in your best interest, not leak them. Are there any completely Drake, don't put him on the spot like that. Look, <laughs> I'm just TF saying. Support. I, which support? TF. TF support. TF support. People keep banning it against us. Like, I don't get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, probably okay. Scout, they probably scout my OPGG and see I'm like... Seven and two and TF, I think. Yeah, that's right oh, there. that's I see. I are they thought, okay, your Aphelios that's supports as well. Yeah, your Aphelios supports also getting banned. Your Lee Sin support, bro. They're out here. <laughs> they're just they're trying. They're shutting you down one step at a time. Kalen support. Yeah, Mike Hitton as well. Yeah, this is actually insane. Mike see, Mike carry plays Lux and hits the bindings. Yeah, I was, I was, <laughs> I was thinking those were normal bands, but I, I should have known with you coming back that all those, those were yeah, all very personal, all very targeted. <laughs> is it weird? As soon as he said that, I have his OPGG open, looking to see if he's playing TF support. <laughs> And the weird thing is, actually, he has eight games. <laughs> yeah, a lot wait, of wins over there. He has eight games. Wait, you can keep talking. I'm going to check if they're support games. 
Oh, yeah, there on. is. Every single one of them is a support game. <laughs> I don't play TF mid. <laughs> <laughs> they actually are support games. Oh my god, yeah. Nikki. What it's is this? Glacial Orgment, <laughs> TF support with exhaust, building rapid fire. First well, item. You just you told, me not item. To, you, not, you told me not to leak, and here you are, just out there. You know, how it, you know how it came to be? It came to be after our last playoff run where TF was open. <laughs> five games, and then we picked it five games. Or actually, maybe not five. But basically, we didn't ban TF. So oh, I against, had to take it on my own. Hand, against yeah. Fnatic in the Worlds thing, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then Mickey took that personally. I like, <laughs> just started playing also, support. Yeah, also, everyone always says that TF has no damage, and it's basically just like a CC bot. So I was like, I mean, that's kind of a support role. So I might as well play it support. True. So like, Actually, yeah. pretty, those are all really good points. It's like they tried yeah, to honestly, force him into not being a support by giving him a passive that gives him money. They're like, please, guys, don't play him support. Go far. But you actually get money from last hitting wards, so... <gasps> the TF price approx on, on wards, huh? <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. And I guess if you Ooh. relic the cannon... That's the extra 15 or yeah, 30 gold per relic, game yeah. I was waiting for. That was it. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> sold. Like, but... I get at least two extra pink wards per game. <laughs> from my passive. How broken. Oh my god, you've got us sold on this now. Now I think right. the TF bans genuinely yeah, are for Mickey. Mickey. Well, if we of next time we cast together, we'll be like, oh, they're banning the TF support. There it is. It's like they have Caitlyn TF. Oh my god, their mid AD is so strong. Oh, it's Caitlyn TF bot. Stun card into trap. We're just talking about bots in a trap. <laughs> All right, I like it. Thank you for leaking the big brain strategies. No Sorry, problem, Excel. Sorry, young buck. You've I'm just out of people's scout work. The, the funny thing is, the last thing about this is, like, I can see your runes, Mickey. Sometimes he's going glacial, other times he's going predator. That's when he knows if he's winning vault or if he's winning the game. <laughs> Sometimes I also went TP, and yeah, yeah, that was also pretty crazy. Yeah, I based for I, I had futures market, so I based 300 gold and run top lane, and then TP boss to cover dive. It was completely crazy. But a lot of times people just just troll me because they think I'm trolling, so they just like hmm. already I give up a gem select. Yeah. I Apples. well, you've seen my bot lane champ pool. You know that most people think I'm trolling. So yeah, I <laughs> I understand well what it means. Not just from the champion pool. Yeah, well <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Look, I'm just saying oh. that the window to push R on a Gragas body slam as Yasuo was very small <laughs> and my hands are very bad and I wish you would stop bullying me about it. That's my only <laughs> it's not my fault it is my fault, but you know, hey, I'm I consider I'm, it. I'm a boomer now. Um, that said, champions, meta, all this stuff's interesting. I'm ready to see what you guys can do next week. We can talk a bit more about Excel shortly, but I, I would love to hear what what actually happened in the offseason. How did this deal come to be? What all, what went down from your perspective with this whole getting picked up by Excel thing? Hmm. So, yeah, how it went down in offseason? Yeah, I mean, I was mostly aiming to join an LEC team um i did have some offers um nothing that was like uh really like stood out to me mm -hmm. um excel was not an option at that point so yeah i guess i just had to wait i mean i assumed that i would just sit out spring split and just be a streamer but uh well coincidentally i guess an opportunity showed up and i just kind of grabbed it because yeah, I do think Excel is one of the teams that had a lot of potential just looking at the roster. Mm -hmm. And also looking at their five games that I played, they actually looked quite strong. Like individually, everyone's playing quite well. It just kind of collapsed in like mid, mid to late game. I think mostly around Drake fights and stuff like that. So yeah, I felt like this team could be really insane. And I think judging from scrims that we played, I think we are pretty insane. You just have to show it now. How many scrims did you have before you went on uh, on those stage games last weekend? It was four days, I think. Four days. Like, okay, so we played three on Monday and then five, five, five. So I guess something like that, yeah. Mm. 
but uh, we also played like not too bad teams, so I was kind of satisfied with our scrims. I was a bit rusty, like for example, I didn't time summoners because when I was just playing solo queue, I see timing summoners. So <laughs> like every time someone said, what, what summoners do they have? I'm like, uh, well, let me get to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to pick that up. And yeah, there was a bit, a bit of rust. I'm still getting into it, kind of, the whole groove about mm-hmm. what I need to pay attention to. But I think it's getting better, yeah. Nice. Nice. I mean, steady progress. It feels like. How is the how is the team environment? Because you've been there's been a lot of like ah, there's been a decent amount of drama around you coming in as the player, and it's not just um, you know Advian posting, obviously the guy who you replaced, but also like Patrick posted like, hey, it's a decision for manage. It is what it is. It's a little bit awkward. Like, um, is that carrying through into the game, into the scrims, in the environment at all, or do you think that like the team is separating those two things pretty well? Um. I don't think it carries on to scrims or anything. I think, um, I mean, for me personally, it was still kind of awkward slash weird just coming into it randomly like that and not knowing what the players think, I guess. But it didn't really show through uh, scrims or just interacting with them. Everyone was quite welcoming and and friendly with me. Mm. So, yeah, it was just awkward in my head, but not so much out of my head <laughs> yeah just like rocking up to a party surprise yeah <laughs> yeah hey guys and everyone's like uh okay that's cool i mean that's good to hear because i think it yeah. is it's a it's probably a really tough thing i imagine when you are you know in a situation where teammates are probably like super it's cool when people can balance both being super welcoming to you but also being critical of a decision that involves you you know what i mean yeah. and i think that that's that's a really hard thing and a very mature thing to be able to balance and the fact that it ha- you haven't felt that effect yet outside of your own head is <laughs> is super good and promising, I think, for results in weeks to come. Because, you know, this is absolutely something on a different team and with different players that could have just been like, well, the whole season's doomed. Like, let's even if we all like, even if you bring in, like, let's say an upgrade, then if everyone's like, well, the one thing we had on this team was a super great vibe and you break that. It's like, oh, man, mm. a lot could fall apart very quickly. Um, so good that the vibe is good. Are you guys like band brothers, best friends? How much history do you have with a lot of these players? Because you've you, you've like zero. <laughs> yeah zero. I was gonna say because like you had you the nice thing for you when you went into G two is that you had like you had like Wonder there and you guys had obviously spent a lot of time together, yeah. Um, and you built a lot of those. I know you built a lot of those relationships up pretty quickly on the G two side. But like yeah, you've never played with any of these guys. How's how is like building yeah. all these new relationships? But you've obviously played against them for many years. Yeah, I mean in G two I only didn't know Yankos really. Mm-hmm. I already knew everyone else. Um, so yeah, joining Excel, I didn't really talk to anyone else beforehand. I, I think the only person I knew was Nelson. <laughs> so mm. yeah, it was a little bit awkward, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was not too bad. I mean, I think we get along quite well with everyone. So it's not bad. That's good. As long as you've got people to play Mortal Kombat and Magic the Gathering with, I'm happy. Oh, like League of Legends. Sorry. Oh, League of Legends. Yeah, League of Legends with, I'm happy. That's the one. <laughs> Not yet, but we did watch some anime, so that's like okay. a big step forward. Yes. <laughs> Pushing them in the right direction. Hell yeah, baby. Demon yeah. Slayer. <laughs> that's that good stuff to see. Doesn't, I think Finn watches. Does Finn watch anime? 
Yeah, Finn and Marcoon. We okay. were watching uh, Attack on Titan, the last episode. Of oh, there it is. There it is. The top side. That's where you guys have to. That's, I'm ready for it. The <laughs> top like, side is going to be strong this week. This Mickey season. starts going top there. side this weekend, and we're on the it. cast, and we're like, <laughs> Finn's going to be playing Camille with the three maneuver gear. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna see on the analyst test. Like, yeah, Mickey went top here because they were watching Attack on <laughs> yeah, Titan. Like, if you guys watch the most recent episode of Attack on Titan, what you'll understand is that it's a lot about these themes, and those themes correlate very well with exactly what's happening right now. The anime <laughs> analysis of League of Legends. Oh man, pretty much sick. I mean, good, good that you're building up the team. Glad that there's some stuff that that's going well for you guys. Yeah. Um, so think looking at the team. I mean, when you said uh, decisiveness, you kind of called out some of the dragon setups as issues. How is the how's the progress and how's the work going in terms of scrims? Um, is that something that you're like very vocal and active and helping them focus on, or are you more focused on your individual performance, like you talked about with summoner spells, timings, etc.? No, I'm kind of more focusing on myself right now. I feel like I'm kind of boosted compared to where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, I'm just mostly trying to adapt. And I was kind of surprised at how much actually the rest of the team talks as well. So I don't have to do it. So that's nice. Uh, like I think Marcoon and Nukeduck talk quite a lot, like throughout the whole game. And Marcoon makes a lot of plans and is very like confident in them. So it's easy to, to just follow it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, depending on how it works out or not, then we can talk about it after. Maybe at some point I will have to, you know, step in myself. But I think right now it's actually not bad. Maybe like on stage we play a lot more scared than in scrims. Yeah. So I think that's where the difference comes in. When you um, yeah. When you look back at your role in G two, whatever year, uh, whatever, whenever you feel like you were at your best in G two, were you the guy super yeah. vocally calling, making plans, leading? Is that is that the role you prefer to be nope. in? No, not really. I was never really that vocal because in every single team of mine, I had vocal team members, mm. so I didn't feel the need to. And also, yeah, I, I just don't have to, didn't have to for the last I don't know how many years I've played. Uh, so it's just easier to, for me to focus on my own role. And yeah, I mean, I think everyone on the team should talk. So I think it's good if everyone talks, obviously, but have like maybe two or three voices that are like making plans. But I think that's usually on the carries because they have to kind of talk about how strong they are, if they actually want to fight or not. And then the rest can make decisions based on that, I guess. So it sounds like you're trying to kind of push them to be more vocal in what they need to do rather than becoming more vocal yourself because the best version of Mickey is when he's focused on himself. Well, I'm not really pushing it, but this could just have, that's kind of happening. Yeah, yeah that's good. Because <laughs> yeah. you have the experience and stuff. You're like, this is how we should do it. This is, the, you know, guiding them, I think, is uh, is the best thing for these players. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting, too, because I, I think that anytime you pick up a new player, people always have this expectation that this player is going to come in and make, you know, they're, they're like, change the world. Great, crazy, wild aspirations. And I think kind of the read a lot of people got from your pickup was that it was going to be like you're this crazy vocal guy because you're the big because because when people think of you and players like similar to you like you know like a hill is saying and these big historic eu playmaking supports mm-hmm. i think most of us assume that you're saying something before you go in for your five-man recon engage or your weird weird weird, <laughs> your weird Probably, yeah. we like assume you're like leading in that instance yeah. which is maybe a a bias on our side so it's interesting to hear that it's a lot more about you focused um so then if, if you're focusing on yourself what is what is the team focusing on? Obviously, they've pulled in Nelson now, and like you said, you've worked with him before. Like, how is what is the team focused on primarily? Is it still just those objective setups? Is there anything uh, like, really that you guys are trying to <laughs> nail down that you can share? That is, hold the laugh. Yeah, after last week, Baron. Yeah, Ooh, <laughs> I think uh, Baron is smite. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say that. That was yeah. Just how to set it up. 
um, I guess just Drakes and Barons are kind of the highest priority right now. Yeah, everything else is just whatever. So, but those two, yeah. If you're not super vocal, um, and you, like you said, you still talk, you're just maybe not as vocal as, as maybe Markun or Nuke Duck. How is it that the week that you show up, Excel like runs at every Baron at 20 minutes in every game they play? Ad nauseum. Well, like, what as, What happened this? Because I think most people assume it's a I Mickey think, X thing, but what actually happened this <laughs> week that you guys just ran at every Baron? So, I mean, as I said, I was flipping a lot in the offseason. <laughs> Different things. This time it was a Baron. But, uh, I mean, the Mad Lions <laughs> game. So, first, we got Victor TP, TP on his inhibitor. So, we're like, okay, maybe we can rush it because it's 45. And then the fight happened, and then Akali died, and Akali had no TP. So, we're just like, okay, we're up faster so we can do this 4v5 maybe we just rush it again and we can maybe keep leasing out with the uh, Viger cage mm. didn't happen so we got a Solon <laughs> and then uh, the other game I think Astralis game that Baron start was actually not bad the only problem because like Zinzao showed bot lane to gank our Jace mm -hmm. at like 25 minutes and we were like all topside so we just like okay let's just do Nash uh, the jungle is bot lane uh, the only problem is we're not DPSing Nash as hard as we could and we didn't really keep out Zinzao so, but that one was like really free. Mm. It was just a uh, bad flip. Yeah, timings are often. I mean, no, it was a good flip, but bad execution. Timings are often and like need to do full damage, full commit, full commit, and you would have got it. Or if you zone them away, you would have got it. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. I was yeah, I was hoping the answer was you were just screaming in comms, go flip, because like that's what that's what the public <laughs> narrative is when you're the guy who comes in and your team immediately proceeds to flip it's, it. It's it's unreal how many like Baron flips there are. Not even just like across the world, like even T1 Dam one. It's just they're both doing they're, like one team's doing Baron and the other jungler's in the pit. And even though one team's ahead like three yeah. K gold, this Baron will decide the game sometimes. And then like they get it anyway, and yeah. it's like oh well, we were gonna win anyway. But it's like yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can I can see it, but like what if you didn't get it? You know like feels like the yeah. game is so much about objectives who can set up around the objective best sure but then a lot of times it's just it comes down to a 50 50. yeah i've 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 heard this and i would love to get your take on this mickey that the game right now like short of you running away with like a 5 6k gold lead is it just it feels like a lot that it's all scaling and we've seen so many games where it's like one team can be up three drakes but if the gold is close it, it doesn't really matter this actually happened to excel before you joined they were very close against misfits <laughs> Uh, and they were everything was fine. They were taking every objective on the map, all things considered. I think they were playing much cleaner, but Misfits just waited and scaled and stalled and didn't give it too much, and then just won that one flight at a Drake, and the game was got over. The soul away from them, got Nash, yeah. and then yeah. What's I guess what's your read on the current meta? Like, what do you think is most important? Is it all just about scaling, or how many? What's the best way to play right now? Yeah, I think a lot of it is about scaling and just dragon fights. I think most games are just decided around objectives. Um, I mean. Yeah, most carries are like hyper carries. Like in LEC, there's a lot of jinxes. She's like, yeah, quite a late game. Mid laners are also like Victor, pretty good late. What else is there? The yeah, Corky. Corky. Yeah. yeah, that's balanced as well. So <laughs> just says yeah. it in such a mono. And then, that's balanced too. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess junglers, just like any jungler, just have to put a smite on him and he's gonna be OP. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, but I think it's mostly just. Every like Drake fights decide the game. Like usually people just farm, 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 and then 
fight Drake and then farm, farm, farm. Next Drake, fight again. Mm. And then whatever team wins those, probably wins the game. Yeah, again, T1 Diamond series. Such an interesting dynamic because Barons were one flip, but the Dragons were another flip. Like both teams, I think one game had three Dragons apiece and it was an Infernal Dragon and every almost on top of it. And it's like, well, if you're poking me and winning the fight, what's my option on the soul point? Well, I have to start and then flip it. And if I'm not doing yeah, that, yeah. then I'm probably going to start and flip it anyway before the fight. So it's like, you have like two things going on. You have the fight that's about to happen and everyone's like, who's getting the Drake? Who's getting the Drake? And you get it. It's like, <laughs> ah, you know, Elder Dragon is the same. It's flipped so much. It's crazy. Right. In the end, Riot yeah. Games wins. You want a 1-3-1. One, you, one, you want to play your clever strategies. You want to funnel. You want to do whatever. No. You will fight for the objective. <laughs> it didn't work with Scuttlecrab the way they wanted it to at first because they just traded on both sides. But finally they have a meta where yeah. they're forcing everyone to fight and the smites are so much more even now because before you when you'd force you'd be like two levels up on jungle it's like yeah my smite does like 200 more damage sure but now it's like every smite's the same damage no matter how far ahead you are you know so it's all a case of like burst at 1.5k yep. let's try and get I it. actually forgot about that change but you're right that that is so significant it's just literally always a 50 50 yeah wow league of legends exciting game all right mickey <laughs> let's talk about excel looking forward you're joining you're slowly becoming unbad I'm bad. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm gonna call you bad. You're not bad, but you know you're getting back into form. I'm unbad. Okay, uh, un okay. Unbad just sounds, you know, harsher. Uh, that sounds good, actually. Yeah, I like it. You're getting unbad. You know, you got to work work ahead. You guys have a really tough week this week. Um, What's their schedule? They place Rogue and Fnatic. Oh wow! <laughs> so, um, easy. Easy, yeah, easy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Someone has to bring Rogue down. Someone does have to. Is it going to be you, Mickey? How are you? Are you of scared course. of Trimby? I mean, I feel like last year, definitely year before, you wouldn't have been sweating at all when it came to Trimby. But now he's evolved. He's, I mean, he's trying to create like a rivalry well. here, aren't you? Yeah, he's like super <laughs> Trimby. I'm not really like he can say whatever he wants. I, I just think Trimby's good, and Mickey's got to Mickey's got to face him. So if he wants to sh trash talk, go ahead. But uh, yeah, what's your? I mean, I he is playing quite well. Yeah, at the moment, um, I was kind of impressed kind of overperformed IMO. I do still think it's going to be more close against the Fnatic bot lane. I think they're much better. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I think Rogue is just maybe better as a team. Mm. But uh, And drafts. So as long as we come in with a good draft, I think it should be smooth sailing. Oh, Mickey knows if the game's won or not. In the first like two minutes of the the start of the broadcast, you know, draft's over and he's loading into the game. The back Pretty of his much, mind yeah. is like, yeah, it's won or it's like, oh, we're so we're gonna event a signal <laughs> after this that you can do right into your player cam this weekend, so we'll know if you think the draft is yeah. Won or a lost. signal is like this is good. This is yeah, like we're gonna win. Good. No, you can't show the public because then they're gonna know oh, me. Yeah, like, yeah. Cause then then <laughs> Mickey's gonna flame his coach. But we're gonna make up something subtle, some subtle signal. You yeah, make a slight bird sound in your microphone if it's like if it's a winning draft and then we'll know and the funny thing i don't want you to throw young buck under the bus at first opportunity <laughs> if the draft is bad maybe in base i either spam laugh if i think we won or i spam joke if we think okay okay we'll all keep right, an right, eye, right, on right, right. I, I on it i on it joke yeah. joke okay got it got it joke got or it. laugh got it, got the, it, the got funny it. thing is it's like it's one of those moments where you know like the draft's like lost you're just like yeah, we can win, guys. <laughs> you can use an emote. You can use an emote. We can give you. You can use two different emotes. One can be good draft. One draft can be, one oh, can be bad. just like okay. happy be or sad. Be. <laughs> happy be or sad. No, it's too obvious. <laughs> All right, just, that, yeah. just suggestions we'll since drafting is eighty percent. But with that being in mind, with drafting being eighty percent, Excel. Here's the immortal question that everyone will ask you from now until it happens, because it's the only thing that matters to Excel. Are you making playoffs? Yeah. Easy. I don't think it's like that big of a goal. I think it just it's common sense. 
even though yeah they didn't make playoffs yet but like other teams in LEC are like really not good so <laughs> there's just no way we don't make playoffs by okay who loosely we're going to talk next week about who Kajo and I think are is making playoffs if you had to give and I can list the teams and their scores if you need me to give you an update no which, which six teams do you think are making playoffs at this point Rogue, Fnatic, G2, Vitality, XL, and Misfits. Actually, Misfits. No, Nomad? Yeah, I guess Nomad so. Lions? Oh, Mad, Mad instead of Misfits. Yeah, my bad. Oh, okay, so, it's, so you think it's probably a battle between you and Misfits then? For, I guess, yeah. Interesting. Wait, you guess, yeah. Are you coming in at six, Mickey? Are you coming in like fourth? How much confidence are we talking here? Because like, oh, the oh, only yeah. thing Excel wants is to make Wait, playoffs. Wait, fourth? <laughs> well, okay, or yeah. fifth, you know? I would like, say... I would say Third? Yeah, I was going to say third. Third? Damn it, I like it. Yeah. I like it. That's the level of confidence we need. Um, yeah, hoping, hoping that it's going to be good. For, for the record, Mickey, you, you may not have watched the first episode, but me and Kedril have actually put a bet down yep. on this. Kedril's bet that Excel are going to make playoffs, and I bet that Excel aren't going to make this playoffs. This was before you joined, so I'm happy. <laughs> this was before you joined. For those who don't know, I, I would, I would oh, count yeah. Mickey amongst my friends and probably would have felt very differently about my bet <laughs> yes. if I would have known that I was literally just being like, hey, no hey bro, need you to suck this season. <laughs> um, but I made the bet, so here it is. Uh, yeah, so if Excel don't make playoffs, Kedril has to sing a song and wear an Excel costume about him being sorry for ever believing in Excel. And if Excel do make playoffs, I have to make a song apologizing to Excel wearing the same Excel costume. I don't know where we do, I don't know. Did we decide where we're doing this? Is it like uh... I don't even know if we have a budget secured yet for okay. it, so I'm not making promises. <laughs> I know that we will make the costume out of cardboard if we have to, and I know that I will make the song and that one of us is going to sing okay, it. Okay, so okay. that's all I know. Jeez, I love it. Don't worry, Cathedral. We got you. This is what I like to hear. You know, this, this is the confidence <laughs> I like to hear. Mickey's there. He's got my back. Oh my God, Drake. I'll start writing the lyrics. <laughs> it's all, oh, What's man. the first verse? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mickey, <laughs> no, no. you came into the team, ripped my dreams away. Bro, why are you it's just... a Blink-182 song, you know? know. <laughs> you do this every time. I'm just like, bro, we're going to get DMCA'd. You can't just sing I Miss You by Blink-182. Actually, that's kind of a great idea. It's a, it's a uh, if we, can, if we oh. can somehow make that work in parody law, that's a great idea. Because that song bangs. Anyway, Mickey... I cannot sleep <clears throat> No, I won't finish the last lyric. End of the first round, Robin. You're playing Fnatic Rogue this season. Before we let you go, confident 2-0 weekend, 1-1. One, one. I, I know that like technically that the most likely thing that anyone will say when I answer this is, yeah, of course, bro, 2-0, no problem. Yeah, easy, man. But if there's anything else, yeah. any final words before your, your week? Is it a 1-1? One, one? Is it an 0-2? Is it a 2-0? You confident? You're gonna clap I mean, if I was a 2-0, I think everyone would call me delusional. So I'll say 1-1. One, one. But I think we can go to 2-0, honestly. 1-1, one, one, but you think we can go 2-0. It's fine, bro. People are going to call you delusional for saying third anyway, so it's yeah, all good. That's true. Yeah. That's uh, true yeah. Yeah. One step at a time, okay, bro. Okay, guys, we're going to be seventh again. Uh, <laughs> oh, you got to be. No, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, but Mickey, I said this Draco to the top of the podcast, dude. You had two games to Excel so far. You finished 0 7 7 and 0 0 7. Do you ever think about that? A 0 0 7 on Lulu? Yeah, yeah. and you, you only ever yeah. had a 0 or a 7 in your score lines in the last mm. two games you played. Interesting. That's kind of sussy. <laughs> If you ask me. Okay. I, I did my tasks, so it's not me. You did your tasks. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'll say, Kendrell, is the only thing you've encouraged this man to do is to dive into the fountain if the game is one to turn Don't to seven. seven. Yeah. Turn eight. Yeah. I, actually have to, I actually have to keep it at seven now. I'll do a healing song where I just go into the fountain as soon as the game is over, if it makes it seven. Why not? Yeah, screw it. Why not? 
Respect the players who have like one death and then they've won the game and they have like a 5, 1 and 20 scoreline, you know, it's like 25 KDA and then they just jump in the foul and say, screw your stats. <laughs> and then they half their KDA for fun. That's the, the only one that's really tight is like selling all your items to build tiers because it just screws up every every stats database. You used that's to be able to buy one. six tiers, now you can only buy one. That's true. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because you, you can only have one tier item now. That's nice. Yeah. I missed the six tiers. Game's ruined. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, I guess that's it. That's it. Game's done. That's um, it. Cut. Kill the yeah, we're, get it. done. We're, we're done. <laughs> um, thanks for coming on, Mickey. Good luck this week. Good luck Thank in the you. weeks to come. Yeah. I hope for your sake and Excel's sake that this is the uh, that this is the season of playoffs. Do you? No, you... I don't. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I can read you. <laughs> God, you I'm episode. really conflicted now on a deep personal emotional level. But I'll save that for whenever <laughs> episode you either do or don't make playoffs on, which will be like week eight. We'll find out. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, friend. it's a win-win for you. It's a, it's a win-win. So Either Cajal has yeah. to do a song and we get to play Magic the Gathering or I have to do a yeah. song and you get to go to playoff. So I don't, I don't yeah. lose. I lose and I win either way. That's the moral yeah. of the story. I don't lose. I only win. Sure. Yes. I only win Is that that loser? I mean, if you have season? to make a song, like... Do you want... Will you play piano anyway. in the song, Mickey? will you play piano in the song? Yes? Sure, but I need, like, at least... Two months to learn. <laughs> you know, it'll be really, really slow. It'll be really simple. Okay, sure. Because I can't play like, piano, so I'm not going to write you a complicated part. Don't flame silver scrapes. It's a masterpiece. How dare you? All right, this is the worst rambling outro of all time. Thank you again, Mickey, for coming on. This has been Euphoria Thank season you. nine. Something. Whatever. Episode. It's 2022 spring. This is episode four. You, you Google 2020 like an hour ago. Season nine. Make it episode seven. Four. <laughs> Not seven. We should have brought you on for episode seven. Oh. You're so much better at this Maybe than episode we are. seven is the comeback of when you... If, episode, if you lock playoffs for episode <laughs> seven, it will be the perfect episode. Yeah. All right. Actually, we'll bring you and whoever else on your team back. We'll bring the whole squad in. All right. Thanks, Let's Mickey. Go. Thank you, audience. We'll see you guys this weekend for more banging League of Legends action. End of the first round, Robin, this week. See ya. See ya.